everybody. Welcome back to the Glintendo podcast. I'm Glintendo. Uh, this is my show. This is a weekly Smash community slash Nintendo big brain galaxy brain conversation podcast. The show goes up every Thursday for supporters on Patreon, then becomes free to all the following Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and obviously, of course, it goes to YouTube. Why wouldn't I do that? This week, special week, we finally, the drought is over. We got a Nintendo Direct, finally. And to celebrate, I have not one, but two guests on the podcast. This is not the first time that either of them are on here, but it's the first time that all three of us are on together. Uh, And first up is Our Hungry. You guys definitely remember Our Hungry the fame creator of the youtube.com slash our hungry channel our hungry say hello to the fans they're screaming from the stadium right now it is i i have returned <laughs> and in addition to our hungry recent podcast guest and the famed illustrious amazing host of the cooped up podcast mr kyle rios koopa himself koopa say hello to the cheerleaders they're throwing pom-poms bro there's confetti they're celebrating that you're on the show where do i fall in regards to guest stars am i like steve urkel showing up in full house like how does this all work out all right so if i'm seinfeld right (laughs) hungry is definitely costanza i think he's gonna be happy with that that's his favorite character right and he's he's the most frequent one right you're kramer at this point where you just show up randomly (laughs) And we're not really sure why, and he just kind of like shows up, and we're not sure why or if we like it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Gary, I'm going to borrow your mattress. (laughs) (laughs) Let me think. Is Kyle, you know, I want to say that if you've only been on once before, maybe you're the Newman of the show. But Newman, you're definitely cooler than Newman. Newman is not something, somebody we're happy to see. The real answer is that he's Elaine. You know can, I be Elaine's, can I be Elaine's boyfriend, Patrick Warburton? Yes. We have a lot to talk about. Nintendo directly uploaded stuff into our brain, bro. Finally. So one of the funniest things about this is there's a Twitter account named at Days Since Direct. And the only thing that this Twitter account does is tell you how long it's been since the last Direct. So the funny thing is this is the longest gap we've ever had ever between proper directs it is officially 531 days since the last real direct obviously that doesn't count like direct minis and like the partner showcases that we got a lot last year or like the pokemon direct this is like proper like nintendo direct one hour whatever the last time we got one was september 4th 2019 bro how insane is that that's a that's long wild. time, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, does it feel like, all right, so for me, it feels that long. Like, it that's over longer. a year. Yeah, it feels longer. Wow. I think, like, that's definitely amplified with the quarantine because when I, re- like, when I really think about it, um, it, it doesn't feel like a long time because Nintendo is, like, either A, done the direct minis or they've... Uh, they've gone the route of just like shadow dropping trailers from like stuff. They were probably going to reveal in Nintendo direct at E3 anyway, like origami King and like the Mario 35 stuff. So like when you say it out loud like that, it kind of like makes my skin crawl. 
That it's been that long since like a, a standard Nintendo Direct. That's insane. Well, a standard Nintendo Direct would come multiple times throughout the year, and we right. got like almost two years of that one. Yeah, and and on top of that, it's like like what what uh what Kuba just said, where it's like, dude, uh, because we've been quarantined, we have a lot more time for news. Like it just feels like we're waiting around at home playing games a lot, and so the absence of those announcements hits us even harder. But like it's it's also obviously it you know the fact that all of 2020 basically there was no direct it's like all right well it was covid so we understand that they had to change their plans the whole world had to change their plans but anyway we finally got one right and (laughs) this direct let's start with the beginning let's start with how it opens now the three of us we're not just like nintendo nerds we also have the added benefit of being competitive Smash players, and in in Koopa's case, famous, illustrious competitive Smash commentator, as well as a competitor. So this Smash announcement, right? I, I know that like all the other Nintendo podcasts are going to talk about this, and and everyone's going to have their opinion, but our opinions are going to be a lot more interesting because we we <laughs> play this game competitively. Like we really these characters really change a lot for us as competitors. So. It opens with, I, ah, dude, I'm in pain just reciting this. You guys already know how I feel about this because we did for Koopa's podcast uh, on Koopa's stream. We did a reaction <laughs> to the entire direct. So I definitely, anybody who's interested, go look up Koopa's uh, Twitch stream. But I'm, I'm just in pain recounting this memory that is still fresh in my mind. So they announced from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, not one, but two characters in a, in a very interesting dynamic, they kind of, there's a transformation thing going on. Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, that game came out for the Switch uh, two years ago, and it's obviously the sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles 1. And there's this elaborate trailer. What did you guys think of the actual trailer? Like, we'll get into the, the character and, like, you know, everything else. But just in terms of, like, the reveal trailer, what did you guys think of the trailer? Kyle, you can go first. Yeah, um... It definitely like as I sat on it, you know, I've I've eaten a meal, I've taken a shower, and like I've I've got, I've had some time to think about what I had just witnessed. Um, I it it feels a little like deflating because people were really getting themselves set up in like the set of mind that this character is going to be something like earth shattering. When in reality, like there was no real paper trail to like lead that. Um, but it, it's it I think what kind of like takes the wind out of the sails for me is that there's no mystery with who this character is like you the trailer starts with rex sitting on like the the hub ship it's like one of the first ships you like land on in xenoblade 2 um and it's him like he's like oh i'm looking for pyra like where's pyra so like it, i guess it it definitely like does it, it like an okay job kind of like faking you out thinking that uh, it's like, oh, you you think it's gonna be Rex, but it ends up being Pyra, and then eventually they reveal Mithra. But like, compared to like other like trailers that they've had, not even just in this game, but like in past Smash games, like there was no sense of like surprise. Like you knew it was gonna be a Xenoblade Two character. You were just kind of playing a game with yourself of like, who is it? And right. that for me was like a little deflating. Right. What did you think about the trailer, Hungry? Okay, so as uh, I've stayed on the podcast before. Uh, I have no attachment to this game, you know. You said more than that. That wasn't all you said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
Oh boy. <laughs> I want okay. you to say it because I'm going to share my opinion at the end. And I just, I don't want to have to repeat. I am in a full agreement with everything you're about to say. I just don't want to have to like add that to all the other stuff that I'm going to say. Okay. So I have no attachment to Xenoblade Chronicles 1. I've never played it. Don't have any attachment to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Never played it. I might never play these games. I'm not even saying that they're bad games. They might be great games. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not going to play them. Just putting it out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, you know, Raid Chronicles 2 specifically, the dub, horrendous. I can't get over that. It, it's actually just a bad dub. I don't want to <laughs> know. Whoa, they tried their best. I'm sorry. It didn't come out well. <laughs> the sub might be way better. You know, the original audio. Yeah. But the dub is horrendously bad. It's laughably bad. Um, and, and let's just say, the reason why you're bringing that up is because, as Smash Brothers tends to do, they send they tend to stay very very close to the source material. They're very respectful of recreating <laughs> the source material. The horrible dub, the, dude. The cringe voice clips were on full display for your viewing pleasure dude i could barely get through. dude it's I, like you and i were literally laughing yeah, at some of these lines in this uh, video yeah we were on kyle's stream and there was one thing he said he's like you're basically owning them and that's season fighters and i like i honestly just kept laughing at that line i'm like that <laughs> sounds so bad oh man the fact that he says owned like that's like dude that just sounds so bad in the like, fantasy setting that's also the the character reciting that is Rex, the protagonist, right? So what they did was interesting was that instead of going with Rex, who's the protagonist of this game, they chose the two other main characters that, yeah. that you don't play. I'm, I'm getting to that. I'm getting yeah. to that, right? And I've gone on record multiple times, multiple <laughs> times. I cannot stand Rex. He looks <laughs> stupid. I, I I hate like. Despite what it may seem like, <laughs> what I say, I actually don't like being negative. <laughs> right? But I just think Rex looks so bad. Like, like you could be like, oh, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is like really anime tropey and like the anime titties and whatever, right? But I understand the appeal, right? Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Look at Rex and I'm like, who... Likes this. Who designed this? And then they brought it to someone. They brought it to someone in charge with the millions of dollars. They went, yeah, this looks good. Print it. And <laughs> and then they took time to 3D model this character for yeah. a 100-hour game. And not once did they say, yeah, I don't know. This guy looks kind of weird. Yeah. So, like, again, for me, the actual trailer. Hold on. I'm <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just I'm trying to preface all of this. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow, somehow, I saw this trailer, despite not being a series that I'm interested in, a character that I actively think looks dumb. Somehow, this trailer was actually really cool. Like hmm. I was surprised. I was like, when she's like hitting Link's shield and it's like the Z axis of final destination, I was like, what the heck? That looks cool. I Wait, was like so Okay, so explain to me, you, you're talking about in terms of, like, the moveset. No, 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 like, the, the an animation, like, the, uh, this is, like, a, the FMV part of the other trailer. 
when like Zero Suit, Dark Pit, and Link all come at Pyra, right? It like switches to like the Z axis perspective, and like they're doing just like these cool moves. And I was like, what the heck? This this trailer actually looks good. Like it actually looks like a cool trailer. Yeah. Like just cinematically, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it was very um, dynamic and like the pacing was well. So I feel all right. So just like you, I not only do I not have any like affinity for this game or any relationship with it at all, I have the opposite problem. I really don't like this series from a distance. It's like not. It's not like I played the games and I don't like them. I I played the old ones, but I haven't played this specific one uh, on the Switch. But it's like just nothing appeals to me about that. Like I don't like the art style. I think it's very cliche and tropey. And then the voice acting, like you said, dude, it really does. Like I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. It really does make me cringe. So me watching this reveal, the trailer itself, I didn't think it was that great because. Everyone else has gotten like these really cool CG trailers or like in Joker's case, they animated it the way that it would be in Persona or like in Terry's case, they did like, you know, the sprite based animations that you would see in those arcade SNK games. So for this, it was like they did the in-game footage and then it goes the in-game footage from Xenoblade into the in-game footage from Smash Brothers. And it was kind of, it felt like a little bit like low budget, like it didn't feel I feel like the whole gimmick of it's Rex walking around looking for Pyra and it's like, oh, I'm here and she's on Final Destination. It's like, it almost feels like that was an, a, a low budget way of kind of creating a trailer for this um, for this character. You know what I mean? So I, like, so I, I think on like on um, the surface, it is kind of that. But like the things I was saying, like, like when they like go to that Z-axis part, like I think the production value there is a little underrated because like it, it's like the Smash models, right? And like not like the the traditional CGI uh, visuals, but it actually looks really good. Like, like go back and look at it again, just like that part when, like, right before they put like Mithra in, like just like that section in between there, it's like surprisingly good, you know? Yeah, and that's yeah. CGI. It's not like uh, yeah, like right. footage. Right. Yeah. I think I'll have to look back at that, but, uh, okay. So the trailer that those are our thoughts on just like the trailer itself. Now let's talk about first, how do you feel about this as a character choice? And did the moveset trailer, the end of the trailer where they show how this character functions and like the transformation from one to the other, how does that make you like it more? Are you interested in more Kyle? You can start. It, it's at least like a different look because that's kind of the problem that you have with like I think most people were like if you weren't rolling your eyes at the fact that it was a second Xenoblade rep um, you were rolling your eyes at the fact it's another anime character with a sword so it's like oh god like when is this ever going to stop like it feels like it's never going to um, but like I think it's at least interesting like you because from what I could see, like I watched the trailer a couple of times, it looks like Pyra like might be a little bit slower, but like she hits a little bit harder and like Mithra might be like a little bit faster, but she's a little bit weaker. So it's definitely like it's a bit refreshing, especially after they took like transforming characters out of Smash like not that long ago. So it, it feels like then now that the switch has its processing power back, they're just like, all right, like change that stuff around. Um, I think it looks cool. Like they, it, it, it looks like they have like different specials and stuff from what you can tell, like initially from the, from the trailer. But 
Yeah, at least in, like I, I agree with what you guys said. Like the trailer definitely felt like a little safe. Like to see, like outside of that one instance where like you break the Z axis and stuff like that. Like the trailer was pretty plain concerning like the the animation for Xenoblade and like Smash Ultimate. Like yeah. almost kind of looks the same. So like if it felt very like um uh it felt very like I don't what's the expression like mayo sandwich or something like that like just very plain. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so how excited are you personally? for this character and like their move set. I'm like, it's, it's hard for me to like really like fake excited for a character that I like, don't really know a whole lot about. Like, again, I'm, I'm, I've played enough of Xenoblade to know like what the turtle is and like where Rex was walking. So like, I played enough of the game. I've, I've played enough of that game to like know that. And I'm like, all right, I'm pretty done here. That's how you um, know if you know a game or not. Can you answer the t- question? Do you know where the turtle is in this game? There's turtles <laughs> in every game. Do you know where the turtle is? Is it a Mario turtle? Is it a Majora's Math turtle? <laughs> no, but honestly, like, after watching it a couple of times, like, and we, I even said it, like, when we were reacting to it live, but, like, the characters look, like, pretty cool. Like, I'd, I'd like to, like, get in my hands, like, how, like, the switching mechanics work and, like, how that, you know, might affect your your stats and stuff like that. And... I didn't see anything that looked like really good as a recovery move. So that's a little suspect, <laughs> but you know, that's for like a different uh, topic, I guess. But I think just like, I, it's always like fun to like get a new toy to play with, even though like, I don't, maybe this is just me, but like, I'm constantly complaining about how there's too many characters in this game. <laughs> so like, and I only enjoy playing like maybe like five or six of them. So I don't know. It'll, it'll, it'll be fun to add like a new toy to like the toy box. So in other words, you're part of the problem. You're part of the reason they keep 100%. adding characters to this game because you <laughs> want that new toy, bro. But uh, all right. In one word, Koopa, if, if I – let's just say yesterday, right, leading up to this direct. What, if I just said this was the character, it's Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. In one or two words, what would you think your reaction would have been before you saw what they actually play like? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good Jesus Christ or a bad Jesus Christ? It's like a very like really like Jesus yeah. Christ cuz like this this is the problem that you've had like with the DLC so far is that like like it's it's so the peaks and valleys are very extreme like for every Joker or Sephiroth or Banjo-Kazooie you get you you get Byleth and Minmin and like I guess and now another nintendo character so like it definitely just feels like to me like a little deflating because like there's just like you know we've done this countless number of times like all of us have appeared on podcasts before this one and other ones included to like discuss characters we want to see in smash and like while we've gotten most of the ones that we want there's still like a handful of like you know pole bearing like iconic video game characters that rightfully deserve a, a, a spot in smash but you know we're making room for I guess the niche side of like Nintendo's fandom. And that's like a, a big issue I had with like the direct in general. I guess we'll talk about that when we get there, but like just feels a little like too like on the nose yeah. to me, if that makes any sense. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk a little bit more about that as we go. So hungry. All right. How, well, how do you feel about the character based off of the, the move set and how excited you are to try this character? I feel like you're a little bit, you're more on the positive side in this one regard than than me or Kyle are definitely more than me. Uh, I'm going to get to that, but how, <laughs> how excited are you for this character? Just seeing what they, what they move like. 
Yeah, I, honestly, I tried really hard to be a hater. <laughs> I was not. I'm not down with it. I think it's a. It's a. It's a dumb. That's a dumb decision. It's like a really, like really decision. Like it's like everyone saw it coming. You know, like it was a very like tactical business decision. You know. And I get it. It is a business, but that doesn't mean that every decision needs to be a tactical business decision, you know? So, like, I was not happy with the character's inclusion, like, as a choice for DLC. I was, like, I was, like, ready to just be, like, ah, here we go again. Because I've been, uh, I've said on the podcast before how, generally speaking, I have not been happy with the DLC, how they play. Yeah. Like, they're all kind of slow. Like, outside of, like, Joker and, like, Sephiroth, like, they're all kind of, like, slow and, like, they kind of all have a gimmick and they don't have, like, real moves. They just have, like, this, like, centralizing thing that makes them annoying. But it actually looks like they have good moves and, like, an interesting thing about them that's not just uh, super centralizing, like. Right, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way, like. You know, usually the gimmick, the, the joke that you said previously on this podcast when we talked about like Steve and all the other DLC characters is that they all are slow but have a gimmick, right? And so in this case, the gimmick of the transformation stuff, I, I actually didn't think about it in that context of like, this is the least, like it looks like a real like a f- thing. It's not just like a gimmicky thing. Like if they transform and the moveset significantly changes, it's not like, oh, I have this one option that you need to worry about and then everything else sucks. Like that's how all the other characters have been. Like Piranha Plant has the Patui and then you're like, okay, once you figure out how to get around that, everything he has kind of just sucks. <laughs> and like this character definitely looks different in that way. Yeah, they have like a lot of interesting, like they've sort of like a lot of combo potential. Like the like they're what I assume is a downsill pops them up. Like we saw like a Nair to grab combo. By the way, that Nair grabbed from pretty far away. <laughs> I mean that graph, the graph <laughs> follow-up from the Nair. I was like, "Oh man, Cloud that's where your shambles. five. That's where your five dollars goes." Yeah, um, but the last thing I'll say though is that it's really interesting that they have the same like. It looks like they have the same moves, like the same uh, like normals, but the specials are different, and maybe the smash attacks. But I'm not sure. But we'll we'll see it when he comes out and we'll get more information. But having like different specials and different properties, like oh she's slower, she's faster, like weaker, stronger, and the fire effects actually matter in this game because of matchups like Olimar and Link and mm-hmm. someone else I forgot. I think yeah, some characters have moves that are sensitive to fire specifically. So like Link's remote bomb, it'll blow up if you hit it with something that's fu- that's fire based. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you guys, let me tell you guys how I feel. <laughs> Let's Please. talk about my feelings real quick. Okay. <laughs> That's what the show is about. This show is about, you guys are here. You guys could talk a little bit, but it really is just me buttering you up so that I could talk about how I feel. All right. <laughs> I am running out of worst case scenarios when it comes to smash choices, bro. <laughs> dude, dude, minutes before Byleth was revealed. I was like, okay, there's no way that this is going to be a Fire Emblem character. This is, Byleth was revealed as the final character of DLC Pack 1. At that point in time, before she was revealed, 
we didn't know that there would be more fighters. So after Banjo and Joker and Terry, we were certain that it was going to be an amazing character. And then we got Byleth, right? I was like, my worst case scenario is another Fire Emblem character. We made it to the end of DLC pack one without any Fire Emblem. This is so sick. Byleth comes and they just destroy my world. Your worst case scenario comes true. 2020, off to a good start, right? And then the next DLC pack, the first fighter that they show is Min Min, my other worst case scenario. So after that, Hungry and I did a great uh, episode right before Steve was revealed where we went through all of the potential characters that could be coming in Fighter Pass 2. And we both agreed that for me, it was number one, like my worst, like I want literally anyone over any character from Xenoblade Chronicles. Particularly, it was Rex that we were talking about because we thought that was the front runner. And they kind of that's kind of why they did the bait and switch with us in this trailer because everyone figured it would be him if it was a character from this game. So, but I, again, the, the problems I have with Rex are a problems with all the characters in this. Dude, I can't even look at these characters, dude. Like they're, the <laughs> art style is so stereotypical, like anime tropes to the point where like, the voice acting is a whole nother thing. Like I literally cringe and laugh at these voice clips. And then the, the, the actual like game, I'm not interested in it. I don't like the way it looks. And then just the anime titties, bro. I just, I can't with the deck is can't dude. Like that is so like, it's like laughable how like over the top that stuff is with these characters in this game, particularly like, Dude, I would have taken, I can't be, I'm going to say this. I can't, I'm going to go on record and testify right now and say this. So you're announcing the next Smash character right now is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> I cannot believe, I cannot believe, I would rather have had another Fire Emblem character, dude. That's how bad I think this uh, announcement is. Wow. I would have, Mar another Marth would have been heaven compared to this for me personally. <laughs> I can't believe this, dude. Like, Dude, even a Pokemon, like yesterday, Twitter was ablaze with all of like the worst case scenarios. And it was like, oh, you know, it's definitely going to be a Pokemon because there hasn't been one for any of the DLC. Like, dude, if you guys need to put anime titties into this game that bad, I would have even taken Needle Queen. <laughs> I would have taken anything. I would have taken a Pokemon with titties. Oh, bro. Like, man. Dude, you remember <laughs> in Pokemon Stadium, she just shake them for no reason? I'm like, yes. why? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, okay. So for me, that's how I feel about these characters. This was my worst case scenario yesterday, right? Then we it became reality. And in in some ways, it might even be worse than Rex because Rex doesn't have anime titties. So that, that's one thing. I have zero interest in playing these characters from their moveset at all. Like I already play a sword character and then I got Sephiroth. So I'm good on that front. Like I would really want a character that is really, really different, right? And we didn't get that. And then on top of that, like, I'm not a fan of the music from this game. Like, me personally, I'm just not a fan of the way the level looks. Like, this is really becoming a problem now because one of the things I wanted to get into was how um, th there's a lot of people that feel the way I do where, you know, Twitter was on fire yesterday with, like, what would be the most disappointing thing, right? And this a character from this series was – I actually did a, a little Twitter poll where I asked people, like, hey – respond with what your worst case scenario is. And I got to like a bunch of like more than a dozen replies, um, a couple dozen replies. And like, there were some obvious ones. Like most people were like, please nothing from Fortnite. And some people said fire emblem. 
like the obvious stuff. But there was a pretty sizable chunk of those people that were saying anything from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, bro. And this is now reality. And one of the, the I think this is going to become an issue for Nintendo now because this Fighter's Pass, again, it, um, my worst case scenarios are emblematic of a lot of other people's opinion. Even though we got Steve and Sephiroth, with that, which I think are universally like praised in terms of like those are great characters, and even if you're not interested in them to play as them, they like deserve a spot because they're important video game characters. I think the Fighter Pass is going to really have to kill it with these last two characters because right now all people are thinking of is this Fighter's Pass is a meme. Like you started with Min Min, which was like the biggest meme you could pick, and then now this character and. A lot of people are still disappointed about Byleth and some other characters from Fighter Pass 1. Like, this is the problem with the approach that Nintendo's taking with this game where you pay in advance for the Fighter's Pass before you even know who the fighters are going to be. And so, there are a lot of people, and now I'm starting to feel like, dude, I kind of wish that I didn't pay for this character in advance because I'm, I'm like really disappointed by this character. Like this is really, they could not think of someone better than this. Like how do you guys feel about just paying in advance and like the fighters pass as a whole? Well, I definitely felt the same way as soon as Mimin got announced. I was like, I can't believe I already bought this. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, that is this. You, you know that like uh, that scene in the Wolf of Wall Street where he crumbles up the hundred dollar bill and throws it in the, the trash? That was me. I was sort of like, that, that's what I just did right now. Like, <laughs> I just threw my money away, and then like. Steve came out and I touched him for like two seconds and I'm like, yep, money in the trash. <laughs> I know Sephiroth's been out for a while now, but I haven't had time really to play him. So I clearly can't say anything about him. And he looks pretty cool. He looks like a real character, you know, so no complaints here. He's actually so far in this pass, uh, Fighter Pass 2, he's the only one that doesn't feel like a legitimate business only decision. Right. Like, yeah, Sephiroth just was in the Final Fantasy remake, but that's not on, you know, on a it's, Nintendo console, you know? Yeah. So it, it's, it feels more like we wanted to do this because it's cool. And then Min Min and Rex are like, well, we have these games on Switch and they're our property, so it'd be good to market them there. And then Minecraft is like, everyone loves Minecraft, so the people are going to buy it because it's Minecraft. Yeah. You know, it felt like really tactical business decisions and it's you know it gets boring just to see that you know yeah right kyle how do you yeah. feel about this fighter pass so far do you feel like this is becoming a problem or are you like you know what it's been good enough where i don't i thought i don't think it's too bad right now where it is at right now so i feel like slightly conflicted because when as I've gotten almost everything I've ever wanted out of Smash, like, character-wise. Like, I've gotten, like, multiple of my favorite video game characters that, like, I never thought I'd see, like, playable, like, in Smash. So, like, most of, with at least most of the DLC, like, I've just kind of been, like, coasting. Like, for like when it's cool, it's cool. When it's not, like, it doesn't bother me that much. But I think the problem that I've had with this fighter pass is that, like, Nintendo like reach such an impossible like set such an impossible high for them to like live up to because you just look at because I said this for 
for almost like two years, like the years, the two years we, we hosted, uh, I hosted the other podcast I was on, but like Nintendo starts off before the game even comes out by saying, oh, by the way, Persona's coming to Smash, uh, then Dragon Quest is coming to Smash, and then Banjo-Kazooie's coming to Smash, so like, you're getting like these deeper cut characters like Hero and Terry, and you're also getting these like, you know, like these niche picks, like, uh, like these retro picks like Banjo, or these like niche like newer uh characters like joker so like they started off their relay with like their best runner and i feel like they've just kind of been chasing that high since then because like i i I wanted to this character to me at least at the time of this recording was going to be like the make or break for me regarding this fighter pass because like like i i felt very similar to you guys like min min did absolutely nothing for me i think i played maybe five minutes of arms at a barbecue like two years ago and like that's it and i've never touched minecraft i i the second they added steve to smash i was in that it was at that moment i felt like that this game isn't for me anymore that i'm too old to to be (laughs) playing super smash brothers because this is just this isn't a pick for me this is a pick for the younger generation and like it's like hungry just said like these it felt very tactical and like business-like where like the first fighters packs like legitimately felt like they wanted to like bring cooler characters to smash and yeah. sephiroth definitely like kind of righted that ship a bit because you know it's sephiroth he's a, a villain from one of the most like f- like famous games of all time like one of the best games ever made and i think th- after that came out like people were like really setting up these like crazy expectations again like nintendo yeah. roped everybody back in on the crazy train which is why you saw so many like I think that's why, like like I said, you saw so many disappointed people today because they were setting themselves up for like, like (laughs) Dr. Eggman was trending on Twitter today for for, 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 for no precedent, which is like for me personally, like I've gotten like, I don't don't know. I feel pretty like lukewarm for the most part on this fighter pass. Hold on. Before I, before we continue, I, I'll just, uh, just to back up what Kyle's saying, a lot of my favorite characters in video game history are already in smash so you know i'm basically only asking for more right now so it's kind of like a a luxurious spot to be in yeah no no here's the thing what you were saying here's the thing i feel the same way and up until now i've actually been on that train where i was like look i already got cloud and snake and all of the characters that i love that felt like they it's a literally a miracle that snake is in the game and cloud is in the game right those are my like dream picks since I was a kid and they happened already. Right. So up until this announcement, I actually felt exactly the way that what you guys just said. And and just to back up what Kyle said, like, okay, the expectations might be too high and they already kind of got all the big characters that you would want for the most part. So maybe the expectations are too high for them to meet. But then I realized something. I, I realized something as I was watching this announcement. If you look at the DLC for Smash Ultimate, DLC Fighter Pass 1 and 2, the problem with both of those passes so far has been the Nintendo first-party characters, not the third-party ones. The third-party ones have all been amazing choices from the Dragon Quest hero to Banjo-Kazooie, which is a miracle, to Sephiroth, which is like the greatest video game villain of all time next to Bowser and Ganon. Like he's, you know, these are super famous top tier picks that people dreamed of being in Smash. The problems are Piranha Plant, Min Min, 
And characters like this, like Ambilith and Pyra and Mithra, it's like, dude, now that I think about it from that perspective, this is like totally a self-inflicted wound that doesn't need to be there because, yo, I can tell you five characters that are first party Nintendo characters that would have no clearance problem with like licensing because they're first party and would be way better. Dude, Paper Mario. That is a no-brainer. Literally, people have been wanting Paper Mario forever. There is no one who would... There, there are definitely people who wouldn't be, like, excited about Paper Mario, but there's no one who's going to be disappointed the way that they are about Byleth, dude. Like, these choices... And again, this is not Sakurai's fault because he made it very clear early on that this is... Um, all of the DLC has been... Nintendo chose these DLC fighters. It was not his choice. He just tries to make the best out of what they give him. And the third-party characters, again, have been miracle characters. All of the first-party characters have been dog water, bro. They've been so bad. They've been trash, dude. Dude, they've been so bad, dude. Like, give us another Zelda character, dude. Like, something. And to go with what Hungry well, said... Here's another the thing they could have done, right? Hold on, let me, let me finish. The reason why you feel like this is such a business decision and it's not like a passionate, creative, amazing fan service decision with these characters is again, because the first party characters are like not good. They're just so like, they're the worst characters that you could pick for Nintendo. This is the greatest company in gaming history with the most lovable characters in the series. This is what the best you could do was Byleth and Piranha Plant and Min Min. Dude, like for real, like not writing the show, it dawned on me that Nintendo is the problem with these choices. It is not anyone's fault but their own that people yeah. are upset with this. I was gonna say that another interesting they could have done is that uh, there are like newer series that they're coming out with, right? And maybe represent those instead, like uh, like arms that already come out, you know, for like a while, you know. But a game like um, what's Astral Chain, that just came out, right? And they own the IP for that. It's a Nintendo game. You know, it's they developed by Platinum, but it's owned by Nintendo. So they could have done that instead. You know, 100%. that would have been more interesting. Dude, okay. you, you want to promote a game that's already out, like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, that like literally 2 million people bought that game? Uh, how about a champion from Breath of the Wild? That 20 million people, this is one of the greatest games ever made. A Zelda representation is really bad in Smash, dude. Like, I'm actually upset now thinking about it. Like, dude, how how are these your picks, man? Like, I'm sorry. We're going to have to move on because we have a whole director cover, and this is taking up so much time. But, like, dude, <laughs> I, I, this is really, like I told you guys earlier, worst case scenario for me. And it's now that it's happened, it's even worse. Like, it's actually worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, I don't think it's worse than you thought because at least they look cool. You know what I mean? I don't like, think they look cool. I have zero interest in playing them. Really? You don't think they're most at all? Remember that my number one most hated character to fight competitively is Shulk in Smash 4. But they don't look Ultimate. like Shulk. They look yeah. like, like their I, own unique characters. I'm just saying, like, I'm not sure if they have anything in common with Shulk. I was going to say that if they do, that's not looking good for me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they actually look like they have interesting moves, like from their specials to their normals. Their normals are not they wholly look- different from other sword characters, but they do look like uh, interesting takes on them. And I the specials know. look cool. Like they have like the that flame boomerang thing, or like it looks all very like this transformation to me is what maybe make, will make it unique. But at a glance, like again, I didn't frame by frame study the, the reveal trailer. At a glance, I was just like, 
okay, it's a sword character. Like, that's it. Like, I didn't see anything that crazy except for the transformation stuff. Um, I didn't see a Smash Monado, so... I didn't see Smash Monado, so I'm okay. Yeah. So. Also, just to end the, the Smash talk before we move on to the rest of the Direct, um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about was just how, like, like, like Koopa said earlier, one of the problems with the hype and, and has been deflating these announcements is that the night before, everyone kind of rallies around a character for some reason. So before Byleth, everyone was convinced that it was going to be Dante from DMC because like the there was the you know the switch ports of those old games and stuff and someone inside my uncle at Nintendo leaked it that it was going to be Dante so when it wasn't Dante and it was a fireman character it's even worse so it's like with this one we had Eggman everyone got like swirling around Eggman and Eggman would have been so cool and you would have all the villains represented in Smash but then we get this and people are even more disappointed than they might have been just if it was without that that Twitter thing so just moving forward, I think we all should be a little more careful about like the Twitter stuff because. Are you kidding me? It's not going to be more careful. If anything, they're going to double down delusions. <laughs> but what they're I'm like, saying we is, I'm Dante. It's like, yeah. I'm what? the biggest Dante fan there is, and <laughs> you know what I mean. It was yeah. like not a promise. It wasn't like anything yeah. official. It was just you. It's like, it's it's the problem with most websites. It's like you get into this little bubble. And the bubble keeps going bigger and bigger and bigger, and it pops, and you're like, ah, you know, like you're you're like in yeah. shock. But it's like you had no reason to believe that. You just made all that yeah. stuff up. My new thing is the the character that gets that's trending before the announcement is is exactly the one I think is not going to happen, and I just get upset. I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to get upset. I'm going to just not listen to this at all, bro. So, moving on, we have a whole direct. Uh, to talk about. We're g- I'm going to run through some games that they announced, and then we're going to stop at the big ones and talk about those in more depth. But for now, let's run through some quick ones and uh, just give me your impressions, both of you, if you have any interest in buying. Like, I'm going to name the game. I'm going to talk a little bit about it and then just tell me, would you buy it? Yes or no. And in Hungry's case, it's going to be, would you buy this on Switch? Because I already know. <laughs> <laughs> he's already gonna be he's already gonna be like dude i have a pc so i'm gonna buy that but on pc all right so the first big third-party game that they announced is fall guys ultimate knockout which is coming out summer 2021 fall guys is a 60 player goofy battle royale game it's really colorful and cute you play as these little jelly bean guys and you're running around kind of like a mario a 3d mario type of platforming level where there's like big obstacle courses and the, it's a survival thing so the, the last guy, everyone's falling off the stage and getting beat by these obstacles. And the goal is to be the last fall guy and win. So uh, I think that this is a, a no-brainer for me personally. I mean, I could just buy this on PS4 right now, but I, I prefer to buy games on the Switch so that I could take them with me and just have all my games in one spot. So this is probably, I would say it's likely that I'm going to buy this. Kyle? Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I could have bought this for my PlayStation, but I like the... Uh, the portability of the switch for games like this, like any sort of like multiplayer games and, and whatnot. So I'm, I'm definitely on board on, on buying this because it looks fun. And from like the people I've talked to that have played it, they like it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Okay. So I already have this game. <laughs> oh, okay. If you already okay, have it, that's different. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, it's a really cool game. Like it's like surprisingly enjoyable, but you have to get into a mindset of it being fun. If you take it seriously, like I feel like you're not going to have as much fun with it as mm-hmm. you could. You know, like 
bad things happen to you in this game. Like you really get, you get really unlucky sometimes, and you're like, "Come on!" But then, like every, every character and the music is so happy all the time that you, it just for me, it, it, it all just works out because it's like I can't be mad. Like it's just too happy, you know. <laughs> yeah, and the music is surprisingly good. You know, like yeah. not really my taste of music, but I was like, "Oh, this is nice," and I think I'm. If it's twenty dollars, because it was twenty dollars when it came out, so if it's not like price gouge, just the switch tax, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think I'll actually buy it again just to play with everybody, you know, because it's fun to play with people. Yeah, and I'm expecting some uh, some of the other versions of the game have like you know like costumes of specific characters, so I'm I'm expecting some Nintendo costumes like a Mario or a Link costume for this game, which would be really cool. So the other game, Outer Wilds, which came out in 2019, was actually a lot of people's game of the year that year. Uh, it's a game about exploring a solar system stuck in a 22-minute time loop, which ends as the sun explodes or supernovas. So you're, you're repeating the same cycle, but with the information that you had from your last run, and you try to solve these mysteries and figure out what's going on, and you apply all that to your next run, and it, it's really cool. It's like, I'm actually a big fan of games that, like, they do they take a small thing, and they find a way to make it really deep, as opposed to, like, here's a million levels that are different it's like here's one level but there's a million different ways that you can do this um so this game it comes out summer 2021 i'm not sure if i'll buy this uh on switch or if i buy this at all um i'm i'm it depends how much it is like I'm, i might look into it but i'm not 100 percent sold kyle yeah the games like this start like usually my cup of tea like any sort of games that like kind of have like a soft like deadline or like Things like this, like I, it, it, they're not really like my cup of tea. So I'm, I'm, I'll like do my due diligence on it, um, because like I'm, I'm much more willing to play games that I wouldn't play, like usually because of content purposes. So like, um, I'll definitely do my due diligence, but I might like hold off on this one. Okay, so I have been watching this game for a while because it initially only released on Epic, right? Like it was just an Epic exclusive. And then it came to Steam, and I don't know if it's anywhere else. Everything about this game screams that I will enjoy it, right? But to answer your question if I'm getting it on Switch, is the answer is no. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I also was about to say that, like, that kind of short, if, if it, I actually am more interested in this specifically on Switch because if it works on a 22 minute uh, loop like that, that sounds really cool for a portable because that's usually the time frame that you'll play something that's a lot shorter like that. So um, I'm actually a little more curious about this than, than I thought, like looking at the footage, it's not like the most beautiful looking game, like on any platform, just in general, it's, it's decent looking. Um, but I'm more interested in figuring out what that gameplay is about. So um, the next game is a long awaited sequel to uh, the, a Wii classic. No more heroes three comes out August 27th. It's an action adventure hack and slash game. Very stylish, uh, very funny, you know, game series. Um, it, it's like Suda51 is the developer of this game and the, all the games in the series. And he prides himself on saying that his games are like punk rock games and they're very rebellious and humorous and stuff. You play as Travis Touchdown, who's a otaku. For those who don't know what an otaku is, it's someone who is obsessed with anime and weeb culture, but he's also obsessed with wrestling. So he has a bunch of anime posters in his room, but then like when you're fighting people, you do like wrestling moves on them and you use the motion controls to like cut people up with your beam sword and do wrestling moves on them. The first two games are really solid. Like those are just good games. I bought both of them. I finished both of them. 
Um, one of the most charming things about the, that series, and and we saw a little bit of it in this trailer, is that at even so you you're like you become this bounty hunter, right? And there's always some new gimmick as to why he has to kill a, a new list of people. In this game, it's that aliens invade and they're holding a competition to see who's the best human. So you have to like kill all the other bounty hunters or whatever. But the thing that makes it really fun is that he needs to have a day job while he's doing the bounty hunter stuff. And he needs to raise money in order to just be a bounty hunter. Apparently like bounty hunters are not just rich, bro. Like they have to have money. So the day jobs are always really mundane things like picking up garbage or flipping burgers or whatever. But the way that that takes the form in the game is always through like a, a arcade style, like mini game. And those are so fun. So the, we saw a little bit about of that in this trailer and this is just such a cool series. Like at the very least, go watch the trailer because it's like such a cool looking game. Like it's just cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. And again, to go back to my problem with the Smash character, it's not generic anime stuff. Okay. This is unique stuff. No more <laughs> Heroes 3. Uh, are you guys excited about this game? I'm very likely to buy this, but I'm not 100% yet. Kyle? Um. Yeah, I'm like I'm in the same boat as you, and it's funny when you when you add in a wrinkle of Travis liking anime and also wrestling. That means he's just a member of the Super Smash Brothers community at his <laughs> core. Um, but no, this like I agree. Like this game looks like a lot of fun. Um, no more heroes. Like when those games came out on the Wii, that was like around the time where I was like kind of falling out of like playing the Wii like as a regular thing. Um, and I really enjoyed those games when I was like younger. Uh, so I, I like just the game just looks so like wacky and like weird. And like you said, like it's it's definitely like it, it's hitting the anime trope, but like hitting it like in a, with a bit a bit of a different beat. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably check this one out if, if I like, you know, it'll make fun content even if I don't like it at the end of the day. So, OK, so I've been interested in Suda 51 games for a while now. I actually just recently purchased um, it was on sale. Like the last Steam sale, I bought um, Killer Seven and Killer Is Dead because they're both pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, let's pick them up and I'll see if I like them." So I'm gonna play those first. Then, unfortunately, No More Heroes is only on Switch. So I, if I like those games, I will go move on to No More Heroes. But I'll start with one and then move my way to three. You know, so I'm definitely interested in them. Yeah. So one thing I will say though, um, as someone who's played Killer Seven and all the other Suda games, um, they're very like the thing they have in common is that you can tell just by looking at like screenshots, it's very stylized. They actually do kind of have a similar, maybe like cell shaded uh, graphical style. But outside of that, they they're completely different games. And like some of the things people hate about Killer Seven are the control. I mean, about yeah, about Killer Seven is the controls because it doesn't control like a standard shooter. Some people love that game, but some people hated it just from that. Um, no More Heroes, if you end up not liking Killer7, there's still a possibility that you're going to like No More Heroes. So I would at least give the first game a try. Um, and actually, I think the first game is also on the PS3 and 360. So you might just be able to download that um, if you don't want to get the Switch version, because they, they ported 1 and 2 to the Switch recently. So Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna do the ps3 version <laughs> but i mean if it's on s360 that means it might be on xbox one as well and i have an xbox one there you so go a little easier um, there you go. but even then that was a wii era game so i wouldn't imagine that it runs poorly on switch or anything like that so you know i if i if i do play no more heroes it will be on switch you know uh, mm-hmm. i don't see any reason to 
quick, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a little quick aside here. So on an earlier episode when they first showed that No More Heroes One and Two were coming to the Switch, I had incorrectly predicted that because the, it's an HD console, they were porting the 360 and PS3 version of that game to the Switch. And actually, I just found out recently that they they did not do that. That to retain the motion controls and some other elements, they actually ported the original Wii version directly to the Switch instead and made that HD, which is kind of interesting because I, I just would have assumed that you already made this game HD on the PS3 and 360, so maybe they just did that, but they didn't. So anyone who uh, remembers that episode, just clearing the air. The next game that they announced in this Direct is a game called Project Triangle, Square Enix continuing the trend of the most bizarre and strange names that will probably just become the name of the game because Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler were both working titles that became the final names of those games. Um, but yeah, Project Triangle is a game developed by the Octopath Traveler team at Square Enix. It comes out next year. So that's the first game we're talking about that's coming out next year, not this year, in 2022. And it's a tactic-style RPG, more kind of like Fire Emblem and less like the traditional JRPGs that you're used to. And it retains that awesome Octopath Traveler look, which is like it's a Super Nintendo-style 16-bit game, in but it's built out in a 3D environment and it has a really cool lighting engine. This game just looks really nice. And there's a demo out for it right now, which, by the way, I love when they do that, when they're like, here's this new game you never heard of, and you could play it right now. And this is a really, really good-looking game. This is probably the best-looking third-party game that we got in this uh, Direct. And I'm really, I love tactic-style games. Like, I, I really like Final Fantasy Tactics on the Game Boy Advance, and I just love strategy games. I love Advance Wars. So I'm, right after we're done with this, I'm probably going to play that, actually. I'm really curious about that. What do you guys think, Kyle? You can go first. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna like echo what a bit of what Hungry might say here because he said it while we were watching live. Um, the game looks great. Like I, I won't deny that. Like like you said, the lighting engine and like the art design looks awesome. I love that like Super Nintendo like 16 bit style of RPG. They just spent way too much time telling you about this game. Like I it's funny we were talking i was like oh wow, they still got like 20 minutes left we might get some like pretty juicy stuff <laughs> at some point i was just like wow they're gonna spend the next 15 minutes talking about this game that doesn't have a name and won't be coming out for another year so i think the i think the the demo is cool because like i probably wouldn't have bought bravely default if it wasn't for the demo version um so i'll probably play it and if i like it i'll, I'll give it a shot jrpgs are like a weird genre for me to like sink my teeth into because like i need to have i feel like i need to have a lot of time to dedicate to that so like i don't know if me personally if i'm gonna have that sort of like time and energy to do that but it yeah. looks interesting enough i'll at least play the demo to see if i like it yeah i'm very nostalgic for that like when i'm feeling very nostalgic i go back to the, that genre and that type of game like the music and like the melancholy there's something melancholy about jrpgs from that era like the 16-bit era like the music's always like a little bit like melancholy and stuff i love that stuff uh hungry how do you feel okay so i remember seeing Alcopat traveler and not being particularly excited for it but then i played the demo and I was like, oh, this game's actually pretty fun. You know, I'm going to buy this game. Because especially it's cool that um, they let you transfer your save file from the demo to the full game, you know. Um, and I would not have bought the game otherwise if I hadn't played it, you know, the, the demo. So I'm really glad 
that for Project Triangle, like, and they're doing a demo. But obviously, since the game is not coming out for like another year, right? They can't do that save transfer file thing again. So maybe they'll come out with the second demo or something. I don't know. But uh, I want to try it. And I'm a fan of tactics games. I like Fire Emblem. I like XCOM. You know, it's a genre that I like. So excited. I don't know. But I'm definitely looking forward to it in a way. Like it's like a in between looking forward and excited, you know, because it, it's Octopath was a good game. Like, yeah, everybody. I don't. I don't like it. I don't love it. You know, it's not like a brilliant game, but it was like a good little game. Uh, that's, you know, it, it definitely filled its weight. You know, that's like, it did a lot of things that aren't normally done particularly well. Yeah. And also that was one of those surprise hits like early in the Switch's lifespan. Like I remember that game, it, it sold a million copies pretty quickly and Square Enix put out like a, a statement saying like, wow, like this game is a big surprise success. We didn't think that it would be this successful this quickly. And I think we're seeing that now. Like, you know, we, we have one more game to talk about that is a port, but, you know, it seems like third parties for the most part, they're they're showing up for the Switch still. And it's not, maybe it's not like as much third party support as we would want, but these are all pretty interesting choices. Like it's not the bottom of the barrel type of ports. And in in, in the case of this game, this is a, wholly original third-party game like this is exclusive to the switch octopath traveler was exclusive to the switch so this is a good sign um and the last game is a, is a game i really want to talk to hungry about specifically <laughs> and this is also another game with a character that a lot of people really wanted for smash and would have been easily a billion times more interesting than what we got <laughs> ninja gaiden master collection starring of course the infamous ryu hayabusa one of the NES classic games that has lasted this long. And this is a collection of uh, ports from of Ninja Gaiden Sigma, Sigma 2, and Sigma 3. Sigma 1 came out on the Xbox in 2004. It later was ported to the PS3 well, and 360. Uh, actually, um, the original was just called Ninja Gaiden on Xbox. And mm-hmm. then there was Ninja Gaiden Black, which is like an enhanced version. Mm-hmm. And then Ninja Gaiden Sigma was the PS3 version of that game, like the, like the remake. Right, yeah, And yeah. this is what we're getting. We're getting Sigma. We're not getting the original, the original or, or Black, which most people say Black is the best version of that game. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting Sigma, so just uh, clarifying that. Yeah, thanks. And then uh, Sigma 2 and Sigma 3. And, um, yeah, I remember the first time I ever saw this game was the Xbox One. The, the original just Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox in 2004. And back then, I remember thinking, oh my God, like a video game can look like this? Like that game, for the time, it was the most beautiful game I'd ever seen in my life. Um, these games are, are very action-focused and very combat-focused. Um, there's some platforming, but compared to like the Ninja Gaiden games on the NES, the 3D ones are not as platformy, you know, as, as the 3D ones. But um, people love these games, and this is a, a really big win for the Switch. I mean, it's also coming to the PS4 and the PS5 and everywhere. But, uh, yeah, this game looks really cool. I'm not sure about this. I'm going to have to, like, see the price and see what mood I'm in around the time it comes out because I can see myself enjoying it, but I don't know if I would play all three of them. Like, that that style of game for me is, like, it can become repetitive, and I only really am interested in the first one. So um, this is a maybe for me. Kyle? Yeah, I'm. I kind of echo your sentiments as well. Like I, I've 
I've gotten on my horse, my soapbox for Ryu Hayabusa a lot, like over the years. Um, because we've even talked about this in in like private and other conversations, but like Ryu's like that the last character from like that like niche era of like NES games that like hasn't been that isn't represented in Smash at all. Like, cause we got Simon, we got uh you know, we we got like Kid Icarus and uh and Metroid and like all those like you know, niche or like, and you know, NES games and stuff like that. Um, not to call Metroid niche, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and like, I have a lot of love for the original Ninja Gaiden. It was like one of the first games I ever played. Uh, and it's it's still like really fucking hard. I've actually not played any of these games because I didn't have like the systems to play them, like growing up. So I'm probably gonna pick them up out of sheer curiosity, uh, to play them. And I'm still not losing hope. There, there, there still could be an avenue. We're, we're Ryu Hayabusa. You can, you can have a doubles match between Ryu and Ryu versus Roy and Roy. It can happen. It can yeah. still happen. <laughs> and Hungry, I think you're the one who's probably the most into this style of game. Um, so what do you think about this collection? And obviously, I already know there's 0% chance you're getting this on the Switch. But how, how do you feel about this game just in general? <laughs> okay, so uh, I really like the first Ninja Gaiden on, on NES uh tough as nails game i haven't beaten it yet i will go back and beat it eventually but it's a really fun game and i also as kyle said i've been i've been kind of predicting that he was going to be in, uh, an ultimate and hasn't really come true and i really don't think it will <laughs> uh it there's still like a small chance but it's very unlikely i think you know as far as um this 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 game goes the 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 sigma trilogy whatever you want to call it the 3d trilogy you know there's not really a good name for it just because the first one was just called ninja gaiden you know yeah um a lot of people know that i'm a big fan of the dumb cry series i love the wonderful 101 i love bayonetta you know metal gear rising i like this genre a lot you know it's a genre that i'm familiar with uh big fan you know, I definitely think the, that genre in general is underrated. Um, I have not played the these games at all. I am looking forward to playing them, especially since there's a a sizable part of this small community that we're in of of the action game genre, right? Community that like say that this like Ninja Gun in Black is the best of that genre. You know, that's Definitely not like a like a popular opinion, but it's not unpopular either, you know. But I personally, I'm interested in Ninja Gaiden Black, that version of the game. So, like, I probably will eventually boot up my Xbox and put money into my Xbox. <laughs> Can't believe it! Oh, <laughs> this guy's going on public record to say he's going to actually pay for something on his Xbox. That's embarrassing. I, I bought things on the Wii U in 2020, so. And Dude, that's probably 2021 because I'm gonna buy Pikmin eventually. Uh, yeah. Please do that already, man. I can't believe you're back on the show and you still haven't played Pikmin three, man. I'm <laughs> busy, man. The last thing I'm gonna say is I might actually get it anyway because Sigma two. I don't know if there's like a special version for that. And then like if I like Black, right, I might just get the whole series so I can play two and three. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. Hopefully it's not like a full price game. I'm pretty sure it might actually be a, a cheaper game, but. Anyway, those are all the third-party games that they talked about in this Nintendo Direct. And 
Now we have some first-party games. There's not as many, but the first one they showed is I predicted this from a mile away. I, I kind of like cheated because I said there would be a Mario sports game, which is like leaves it open to be a lot of different games. But Mario Golf Super Rush comes out June 25th, 2021. One of the big new modes for this game. Obviously, like each one of those these games, right? They always try to find like something unique that defines it so that it doesn't feel exactly like the one previous in the series, which is hard to do because if you're making a game about a sport, it's hard for you to evolve like a sport that already exists. Like how do you keep making tennis interesting when tennis as a game stays the same. So one of the things that they, they're doing with this one is they have this new mode called Speed Rush. And it's a, a mode where Mario like inhales a bunch of hardcore street drugs and he tries to cheat and beat <laughs> Mar- everybody else using drug use on the golf course. No, what happens is they basically they have a, it's a mode. So it's not the default thing, but it's like they have this speed golf mode where you basically hit the ball. There's no turns. So usually in, in when you play these golf games multiplayer, it's like, okay, Kyle will go first and he'll hit the ball. You'll watch him hit the ball. And then the next person goes. Just like real golf, you take turns. No one's golfing simultaneously in real life. But in this speed golf mode, everyone's golfing at the same time. And so you you like line up your shot, you hit it, and then you run to go to where the ball is and you try to be the first one to get it in the hole. And in typical like Super Mario fashion, you know, there's going to be power-ups and there's going to be a bunch of like insane hazards. And like, you know, you see Mario gunning it after hitting the ball and then he gets a star and knocks over the other guy and Bowser's doing some other thing. So they always find something really cool and funny to, to, to put into these games and liven them up. There is currently no Mario Golf games on the Switch. And actually the last one that came out was on the 3DS and people were over the moon about it. Like people were saying how amazing it was. Like the expectations are not super high for those games, but Mario Golf on the on the 3DS apparently was incredible. So um, this game looks really cool. It comes out in June. Um, I'm uh, I'm not sure about this because like as good as the Mario sports games are, like those are the type of games where I feel like I would enjoy them if I was going to play them with someone regularly, like local multiplayer, not online and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe if a bunch of my friends get it and we're going to play it together, and I know there's already going to be people playing it, I'll get into it. But as of right now, like it's one of those games where I'm like, okay, that game looks like a lot of fun, but I'm not personally interested in buying it. Uh, Kyle, I'm all in, man. <laughs> Sign me the <laughs> fuck up for this game. I, I listen. One of my favorite movies of all time is Happy Gilmore. I love golf. As a like, unironically, I I enjoy watching golf. Um, and this game looks this this game looks like fun. Like I wasn't really into like Mario Tennis Aces. Uh. But like that's never been like my favorite of the Mario sports games. I've always really liked like obviously like Mario Sluggers and Mario Strikers, but Mario Golf is like low key a really fun game, and I I love the drip that the characters are are oozing with. They're they're dressed to the nines in golf attire. Wario looks like an oil tycoon in a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, in like the picture that he's wearing. Bowser's wearing a polo shirt. Like it's absolutely amazing. I am going to quote uh, Happy Gilmore hundreds of times playing this game with friends and with strangers and you can't stop me i i can i can stop you but anyway <laughs> why don't you go to your home hungry do you have is, are there any odds with this one you don't have a choice you're either gonna buy this game on switch or you're not buying it at all all right <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna buy this game do you have any interest in it there's no steam option available okay mr pc okay okay <laughs> So the biggest thing for me, for 
the possibility of me buying this game is if there's going to be a demo. Because this is going to be a full price game, 100%. It's not going to be like a $40, $50 game. No, it's going to be a full $60, right? And I don't... I, golf is cool, I guess. Okay, so I have actually a funny anecdote about this. Mm-hmm. Right. So have you guys seen Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee movie? Yes. So this is probably the most unremarkable part of the whole movie. So at the beginning of the movie, when they're introducing the characters, um, one of the main characters, he's playing golf, and he goes to chase the ball, like, because like, it, like, lands somewhere weird. And I was always like, they never show this part of, of, like, the movie, or they never show this part of the game in movies and TV shows, like, grabbing the ball, you know? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I watched this movie today, like, for the first time. Yeah. And I was just thinking that I'm like, it's, I was like, I wonder how it is in real life, like, how much time does it take to find the ball? You know, like yeah. as someone who doesn't watch sports yeah. or participate in golf that way. Right. So I was just like thinking to myself the whole day about that. I'm like, ah, it's really interesting. You know, just letting your mind wander. Right. And then this comes out yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, so that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> He's fixing that a- ball and run after it, bro. Yeah. He's fixing a divot. Yeah. So it's, um, it's definitely an interesting concept, you know. I feel like you're gonna, you would like, like I feel like you um, would like those kind of games if you have the right people. You know what I mean? Because you you like competing in those type of things. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely like uh, the Mario sports games. I've always found like an interesting twist on the things that they do, and this is like an interesting twist on an interesting twist. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, uh, uh, sorry to cut you off. One last thing about this game is that. And they, it's interesting how, so one of the earlier episodes, actually the first episode that Kyle was on, we, we were talking about how the Wii U, they're running out of games to port to the Switch from the Wii U, right? And, and a lot of like the Switch's momentum has been buffed by being able to port old games. And so I was saying how they should go back and port a lot of Wii games and update them for the Switch because the, the Switch is a rare occasion where they have the opportunity to add motion controls and bring those games that are trapped on a motion control device to a modern device. We're going to get a little bit more into that later, obviously, with one of the big games they announced. But uh, th- the reason I bring that up is because it's like it's funny how they have not ported Wii Sports to the Switch, even though you would think that's a no-brainer. But instead, they've kind of like sneaked it into other existing games. So this game, part of the trailer, they show like, oh, by the way, you can, you know, swing the Joy-Con to like do the golfing just like you would in Wii Sports and you could do this thing with your me. And it's like Wii Sports Golf is in this game and then they just have everything else there. And they did the same thing with Mario Tennis where they have the same tennis in that game just hidden. So um, if you're a fan of like, you know, Wii Sports Golf and, and that stuff, this might be an option for you. Um, but moving on. Another game they announced was Miitopia, which is an RPG where every character that you in your party is like a different me that you've made in your system. And this game actually came out for the 3DS a couple of years ago. And it, people said it was really funny and charming. And it's the whole point of it is not really to be as challenging as a traditional RPG, but it's supposed to be like way more funny. And um, it looks really cool. And it's it's very interesting. It's something that I wish... I wish Nintendo made more stuff like this back on the Wii when the the Miis were like a big new thing. Instead, they kind of waited for all that to die. And then they started introducing these really cool ideas that we all thought they were going to do back in the Wii generation. Um, 
I'm personally not interested in this game, although I can appreciate what it does. So for me, this is probably just a pass. But uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> like <laughs> I've I stopped giving a shit about the Mies like a long time ago. And it's like we said, like it's so strange that they don't do anything with the Mies for so long. They feel like a complete afterthought on the Switch themselves. Like I, I've. I feel like if they were going to try to make the Mies like happen again, they w- should have just brought over like a like made a Wii Sports Switch or something like that. But I, I, I'm good. <laughs> I'll play something else. Hungry? Next question. <laughs> Is it Save everybody some time. Save everybody some time. Next question. So. The other quick thing uh, is they're adding Super Mario items to Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is really cool. Like they have like, usually it's very cosmetic. So obviously they have a Mario costume and like Wario and, you know, like whatever. But they added some stuff that looks really a little bit more interesting than what you typically have for Animal Crossing. Like you can put a warp pipe down and then put another warp pipe down somewhere else in your island and actually transport between them. And you can collect coins and there's, there's, I'm not interested in this personally because Animal Crossing is like, I'm over it. But this, I can appreciate that for the people who are still into this game, this is the right way to introduce this Mario content. So this is that's just uh, just so you know that's happening. Um, and then we'll skip to Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is getting DLC. So if you're interested in that game um, or if you bought that game and you really enjoy it, the this game actually just recently became the highest selling Warriors game in the series history. And it's only been out for like two months or three months. That's like incredible. So obviously it got it got carried by Breath of the Wild and the excitement and the drought. Switch. It got carried by the Switch and carried the by the Switch fact buff. that the Switch buff plus the fact that Zelda fans are parched, dude. We are, bro, we are emaciated. <laughs> we don't exist in the re- in reality, dude. And that brings me to the next thing that happened in this direct. Okay, was the coming into this direct, right? Everyone, this is what was happening. Everyone knew there was going to be a Smash reveal because Sakurai retweeted it, etc. Whatever. Well, he said expect Smash news. Yeah, exactly. He said he literally said expect something for Smash. Now, outside of that, again, you, you earlier in the show we covered how there hasn't been a direct in over a year, and. We thought that it, when in, when directs inevitably came back, that they were they were purposely not going to bring back a direct until they were able to show us either Metroid Prime Four or, of course, Breath of the Wild Two. That's how that was framed in our minds. Like, okay, they're doing these mini directs in order to make sure that people don't expect Metroid and Zelda. But once they do announce a big direct, we thought it would be with Zelda and Metroid. And we kind of got Zelda. So we were all doing the stream, right? And you guys saw how I reacted. Finally. Both of us reacted. They showed Aonuma, the the producer of the Zelda series. He also directed Majora's Mask. He directed Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword. And he uh, co-directed. Well, not, not Skyward Sword. He did not direct oh, Skyward that's right. Sword. That was but he directed uh, Ocarina of Time, though. Yeah. He, he, he right. co-directed Ocarina of Time and co-directed Majora's Mask. Yeah, the director for Skyward Sword was Fuji Bayashi, who also directed Breath of the Wild. And so um, when you see Aonuma, they've kind of like, you know, they've made him the face of Zelda more so than Miyamoto in recent years. Like in most of the directs that have anything to do with Zelda, you actually see Aonuma first. And so he comes up and me and you, me and Hungry, (laughs) we pop off because we're, uh, first of all, like I said earlier, the, the Pyra Mithra reveal for Smash 
oh my God. Like I was just, dude, I needed help. And so I finally <laughs> see the direct was kind of underwhelming, right? Like not a lot of things that were specifically for me. But then they finally show Anuma, my guy, my boy, my son. I love that guy. All right. And I pop off. And the first words out of his mouth are, I know how this looks, but there's no Breath of the Wild 2. Please calm down. And he just basically says, look, man, we don't have anything to share for Breath of the Wild 2 right now. He does promise us that we are going to learn more about that game later in the year at some point. And he goes, but I can't give you the Zelda you want. So instead, I'm going to give you the Zelda you need. And he shows us, <laughs> and he shows us the long-rumored and inevitable port of Skyward Sword in the form of Skyward Sword HD, which is coming to the Switch July 16th. And it's really interesting because um, I was very interested in seeing how they were going to pull off this game. My first reaction during the stream was, wait, how does it control? Because we all know that the Joy-Con can do motion controls, and I knew that they would have to do that if they were going to bring this game over. But more interestingly, like you got to think about all the people who have a, a, a you know a switch light or just hate motion controls. How are they going to port that to the switch to a console that you don't have an option to use Joy Cons and swing around all the time? And they showed us that they actually mapped the motion controls to the second joystick, and now you can do all the same sword movements like that. And um, just generally, the game looks really pretty and. Um, me personally, if you would have told me, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but like, I love Skyward Sword. It's actually, I think it's underrated in, in a lot of ways, even though there's a lot wrong with it. Um, I still love that game a lot. And if you would have asked me like, hey, they're going to port Skyward Sword. Like, what do you think? I would have been like, ah, I'm probably going to skip that one because I, I feel like I played it kind of, it feels very fresh in my mind and I didn't, it's not my favorite 3D Zelda. But after seeing it, I was like, like seeing it and hearing the music and stuff and watching the gameplay, I was like, you know what? I actually do really want to revisit this game. So I'm, I mean, I, obviously you guys probably could have guessed that the fanboy Zelda guy is going to buy the fanboy Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm buying that game day one. And what do you guys think? Uh, Kyle, you can go first. So as it's funny, cause I've, I've touted myself multiple times, like on your platform and mine, as the fringe Zelda fan, um, I don't play a lot of Zelda games, um, and this is no different. I did not play Skyward Sword because I did not have a Wii with the Wii Motion Plus and stuff like that. So, like, I I just completely passed on this game, even though I wanted to play it because it looked like really colorful and fun. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely in the market for me. Like, I understand this game is at full price, and it is a like seven, eight year old game at this point or whatever. Um, but I'm excited. This, this is one of the ones that I've missed, and I I I'm curious to see how it plays in the hands. Like it's it's kind of interesting that like they decide this is the game that they decide to map the sword to the control stick. I find that to be an interesting choice. I'm curious to see how it plays. So yeah, I'll, I'll pick this up in in July. Like I, I definitely plan on buying this. So Skyward Sword. Uh, I am a huge Zelda fan. It's my favorite game series. I think it's. I hate, to, I hate using this word, but I think it's objectively the best game series to exist. You know, it's, no, no, I think it's the best series. Okay, I'm the biggest Zelda fan. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> let me make that clear. 
I, I, I think honestly don't think it's close. I think it's a clear number one, but whatever. I agree. Right? I think Skyward Sword is kind of underrated and kind of overrated. Yeah. <laughs> like the people wow. who hate it hate it too much. People who love it probably love it too much. But it has some of the best and worst stuff in <laughs> the Zelda franchise. Yeah. The stuff that's in there that's good is like unbelievably good. And the stuff that's in there that's bad is like, what were you thinking? You know, like it's it's a really um, high highs and low lows. Yeah, and it, there's not a lot of middle. You know, <laughs> the one of the biggest issues with that game, and a lot of people talk about it, so there's no getting around it, is the motion controls. Like, I think this, like the in general, if you're going to talk about a digital button versus an analog movement, right? Obviously, it's going to be less reliable. But on top of that, I think in general, that game was less reliable than it should have been. Not to say that it was like unplayable, but it was definitely not as good as it should have been. And I think part of that was the frame rate. It was a little lower. Um, generally speaking, Zelda is one of the only games where... Not one of the only games, but is some of the games that are okay in like the lower 30s or 20s, right? Like, they're not action-heavy games, you know? They're more tactical and puzzle-solving and exploration. And it'd be nice to have them at higher frame rates, but it's okay. You know, it's acceptable. Yeah. Right? And But this time, I don't think it was the right decision because, you know, when it comes to the texture of something so precise, if it messes up, like, the frame rate is part of that problem, which is why Nintendo Land had, like, a, like a, a Motion Plus sword thing and a lot of people said, they're like, why isn't Skyward Sword as good as this, you know? Like, and now that it's going to be on the Switch, you know, with more processing power, it might be better with the, the motion controls themselves, but also the, the, the digital kind of, like, button press and aiming with the analog stick um, sword striking I wonder how well that's going to be, actually. You know, it's like you would think immediately that's going to be better, but until you actually play it, you don't know, you know? Yeah, right. So I'm actually, very interested in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm super interested in that, too. And, like, I like the fact that let's say I don't like that mechanic. I know that for me, the motion controls on the Wii worked perfectly for me. Like, I remember a lot of people having problems with them. And I remember in my household, like, the same setup. I remember my brother having problems with it, but for me, it was like, it only messed up like in one or two specific areas and then never again. So I never figured out why, like maybe some people are just a little bit more attuned to how the game wants you to do the inputs. So for me, I'm just going to rely on the motion controls. Um, I'm, I'm glad that there is a secondary option because I think a lot of people didn't play this game simply because of that one barrier. Um, and I love the fact that he literally said like what you just said, where he literally says in the, the reveal, he's like, the, because of the processing power of the switch, the improved processing power, like th there will be a lot less misinputs and, and problems with the motion controls, which I, I wish I could know the science behind that. Cause that's like, just really interesting to find out. Um, but yeah, th this, this game, what do you think about the, how the way the game looks though, like visually? Cause I was actually surprised, like the original art style of Skyward Sword is, it's like they tried to be very, very clever. What they tried to do was they knew they were developing for the Wii, right? But this was a late Wii game. So by the time this game was in development, 
HD games were the already the standard. The PS3 and 360 were the standard for HD. Everyone was playing games on a widescreen, and Nintendo was still developing games on this console that was made for like your old CRT TV. And so they tried to disguise the limitations by choosing an art style that was purposely blurry, right? So they went with this art, this like fresco watercolor kind of uh, aesthetic. And I, I actually, uh, this is a little bit of a aside, but if you go and look up um, on YouTube, the making of Breath of the Wild, right? They start talking about how Breath of the Wild was the first true HD Zelda game, right? And so they said that the, they went they when they were first developing a game a Zelda game for HD they started testing different art styles to see what translates into HD the best and they made a little prototype of Wind Waker in HD which then became the Wind Waker game port that we all got and they also made the Twilight Princess one which we saw in that tech demo for the Wii U when it was first announced and they also made the Skyward Sword demo which we never saw and it was just shown in this one youtube video of how they made breath of the wild and skyward sword looked really bad dude like in that little test thing that they showed in that in that one presentation i was really surprised because it just looked really blurry and bad so when they showed this game today i was surprised at how good it looked i was like dude this actually looks it looks really nice and it runs really smoothly like even just from a trailer it looked really smooth yeah. you guys as impressed by that as i was yeah, no, um, no, I agree. Like this game, like and, and Hungry even like said it like while the the trailer was going on. This game looks in motion. It looked really, really good. Um, I was definitely like taken aback by it, and I agree that like I love this choice of the art style. Like I'm, I'm just really excited to see how this game like runs on like a like a modern Earth system. Skyward Sword kind of has like an impressionist look to it, like impressionist paintings, and. They don't really use it actually all that well in the game, despite how good it looks, except for one area that I don't want to spoil, but whatever. And it could also be seen as like a, a almost like a coward's decision of being like somewhere in between Wind Waker and Ty Princess. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, so. Which, by the way, uh, you it could have been a lot of things. Really. You could also say that about Breath of the Wild because it's also cell shaded, <laughs> but it's also like adult link and a little bit more mature. But you're right. Yeah. That's it. Feels like they're trying to balance that that thing of like Wind Waker split the Zelda audience, and then they went hard right to Twilight Princess, and they're like, "All right, how do we do something in the middle?" Because we kind of have these two really, really separate things. Yeah. So I was kind of like surprised how crisp it looked. Like it was like uh, the resolution obviously has been bumped quite a bit. I don't know what it's running at, but it definitely looked better than what the. We looked like just noticeably, even though the art style is very much retained. And that's kind of the big thing for me, like the art style being retained. Like, even if like some things aren't exactly the same, yeah, I'm really picky when it comes to remakes. Right. But it's, it's, it's looking like it actually looks better than the original. And I'm going to say that with a grain of salt. We had to see the rest of the game. Maybe only the footage they showed us looks better. And, Maybe just I might change my opinion over time. You know, who knows? People yeah. change their opinions. Yeah, like for example, I changed my opinion when I actually saw it. Like in my mind, it didn't seem that appealing until I saw it. But actually, you brought up something that I wanted to ask you. So, what do you? Th All right. So we've established before, and you made a great video on on your channel about this. And it's something that, like, dude, I literally think about this now all the time after your video and after we've talked about this. 
what is the right way for them to port this game where you don't have the problem of a, a, a remake or a port that is a different experience from the original and therefore it creates two different versions of the same game and therefore if someone wants to play the game they have to choose between two different versions so for example wind waker hd is different enough i would argue than the original wind waker where people might have to choose between like ah should i just find a way to play the gamecube one or should i play wind waker hd whereas twilight princess hd is the exact opposite it's exactly the same game as it was on the Wii, and there's almost no improvements really. Even stuff that you would want them to improve, they didn't improve. So you can recommend someone Twilight Princess HD and them not feel like they're playing the wrong version of the game, whereas with Wind Waker, it's a little more debatable. So with this game, what are the changes? Because again, we already went over. Like Kyle hasn't played this game yet, but Skyward Sword, as much as I love it, the things it does wrong, it does so wrong. And and some of like it has the worst overworld in Zelda history, but it also has if you could even call it an overworld. Exactly, it, exactly. That's but, how bad it is. But it has the best. Some of the best. Dun- I would say I'm just gonna say it outright. I think it has the best dungeons and the best boss battles in the series history. And so, how what changes do they have to make to this port so that it's like they make the right changes and people like you and me who have a lot of problems with this game enjoy it more. But it doesn't change the experience, even if it means like keeping things that are bad. Because like, for example, the, the biggest problem I have with the game is revisiting certain areas literally three, four times to the point where you're rolling your eyes, but they can't change that because it was like, that was really the game. Like, what are they going to do? Make you not go back three times? Like you kind of have to, because they did add a lot of stuff to that. So what are some things that you think they should change that won't like mess up this port? Uh, one thing out of the top of my head is that they can put in an improvement they had in Breath of the Wild when it comes to picking up collectibles, like the knickknacks. Mm-hmm. Like in Skyward Sword, every time you pick something up, it'd be like, "You just got this," and like Link's holding it up, and it's like, "Okay, I don't care." Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> and in Breath of the Wild, it only ever did it the first time that you turned on the game. Like you turn on the game, it would say, "You got an apple." This is what an apple does, because I need to know that every time. Uh, right? But every time after that, you could pick up a million apples and the pop-up will never show up, you know? Until you turn the game on again. Um, so I think that's an easy fix, the quality of life thing. So, like, in Skyward Sword, it's like when you play... Uh, have you, like, seen the video of the Sonic, like, Omochao edition? <laughs> Where, like, no. every, like every time you every So every time you pick up a ring, like, Omochao tells you that you picked up a ring... And it does that for every ring you pick up. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually not too far from that. So, for example, whenever you pick up a rupee in the, in Skyward Sword, it goes, It's first of all, it's like, you know how there's the famous Zelda thing of Link picking up an item and it's like, da-na-na-na, and he like pot shows it to the screen and there's a text bubble. It doesn't do that, but it does like an in-between where it zooms in on what, what he picks up and it stops you and it brings up some text. And it does it for rupees, dude. It's like, you oh, you picked up, uh, blue rupee that's worth five rupees and it's like all right dude i get it like i'm 40 hours into this game like <laughs> how would i not know this by now yeah being able to turn it off would be good too like just completely yeah. in general the zelda series has been pretty um lacking of options they started improving it with uh with the breath of the wild i'm glad that the um, motion controls and the digital button uh inputs are a choice and not like 
we're just you have to do it this way you know yeah right right um the one thing that one change i think they need to make and and i actually feel very hopeful that this is going to happen is that okay so you know how in 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 every video game ever and especially in zelda and mario games if you're low on health right there's like a beep sound or like a blinking <laughs> animation, right? Yeah. So you already know what I'm going to say. In in Bre- in Skyward Sword, d- all right, first of all, <laughs> this game like kind of does beat you up a lot because the enemies are way harder, especially when you're still learning the controls, right? So there's a lot of moments where you're low on health. They have the blinking red, like, hey, your hearts are low on the top right, top left corner of the screen, just like you normally would have. They have a little sound that accompanies it but on top of that, they literally have your assistant, Fee. She's she's in the Master Sword, right? She, like, you can talk to her whenever you want, just like you could with Navi in, in Ocarina of Time and a lot of other Zelda games that have, like, an assistant character. The thing is that talking to her is mapped to a button, and when she wants to say something to you, there's a sound, like, it starts beeping so that you press the button and talk to her. When you're low on health in that game, she beeps... And the health bar beeps. And yeah. it's like, dude, it literally, you will become a serial killer listening to those beeps too long, dude. Like, you lose your mind, <laughs> bro. It's, dude, it's infuriating. It, it, that game treats you like you've never played a video game in your life. And yeah. like, having like an expert yeah. setting where like it minimizes the tutorials and feed being like, hey, you can do this, you know, that would be really nice. Cause it really isn't necessary, especially if, for a lot of people, this is going to be your second time playing it, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. They, you know what they did with uh, Twilight Princess, actually? And they did this with Wind Waker HD. Now they, I'm glad you mentioned that because I completely forgot about this. They added, right at the beginning, there's like a, like a ma- not a master mode. I think they call it a hero mode. And it's like, hey, you've played this game before. We can cut a lot of those things out and we can make this game a little more streamlined for you. And... I enjoyed that a lot on Twilight Princess HD. Like I was like, thank goodness, bro, because Twilight Princess, it, it was the beginning of a lot of that stuff that we find annoying about Skyward Sword. It started with Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, man. Like after Majora's Mask, dude, they took such a left turn into holding people's hands in that series and it just got worse and worse until finally Breath of the Wild saved us all from that. Um, so one of the interesting things about the Zelda announcement today is that one of the things we've all predicted came out to be completely false. So obviously, if you've been listening to this show and you've been listening to any show or whatever on, on Nintendo stuff, everyone knows that this year's the 35th anniversary of Zelda, right? And we all expected just like 10 years ago when Skyward Sword came out, Skyward Sword came out on the 25th anniversary. If you bought the game, you got a 25th anniversary CD that had a, a, a live concert recording on it. I still listen to that CD to this day. The Zelda Wii Remote that came with twilight princess i mean came with skyward sword had a little logo on it and stuff and it's it's they really did a lot for zelda's 25th so we all thought it was inevitable that this game would be part of that announcement and instead of they not only did they not announce any zelda 35th stuff this game is just coming out by itself with some cool you know we remote i mean uh sorry i keep saying that joy cons that has like a master sword and hylian shield joy con and those they're going to drift really well with this game, by the way. <laughs> and they're going to build the drift into the game. Like, if you start drifting, it's actually going to boost your character. So that way, you're motivated <laughs> to keep getting Joy-Cons with drift. So it's not part of the 35th anniversary. Do you think that, like, they're not going to celebrate it or bring it up? Or, like, w- what's the plan? Like, w- were you guys shocked that this wasn't part of it? 
So they were like, Zelda's 25th anniversary, Skyward Sword? And then like, 35th anniversary, Skyward Sword? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's, uh, it's, it was definitely weird. Um, I feel like, I, I think what they're going to do for like, hopefully all the games that have like anniversaries this year, they'll do what they did with Mario. They'll have just like separate directs for that stuff. I think one thing that Nintendo has done really well is that they've done a good job, like, I guess, navigating traffic of like all the games that they have. So I figured if we see any like anniversary stuff, like, um, you know, because we'll, we'll probably get some more like Pokemon Snap stuff before the game comes out. Maybe I don't probably not. But like Pokemon is having an anniversary this year. Zelda has an anniversary this year. Sonic <coughs> has an anniversary oh, this year. Um, I thought we were going to go the Sonic. whole podcast without you mentioning Sonic. I was actually not going to bring him up. And I mentioned him twice, bitch. Metroid. Just when you thought that your rock bottom could have gotten worse. Than also this year. Metroid, bro. Um, but you were saying, Kyle, so there's all these anniversaries. Yes, I feel like the, I I just think that they'll probably like dedicate special videos to those anniversaries cuz I personally I feel like it would have been a little cheap if they just like were just like oh yeah by the way here's Zelda's like 35th anniversary stuff and then just like left. Right. Like it would have felt to me it would have felt a little bit dirty if they did it like that cuz like it it's like I again I'm I'm a fringe Zelda fan but like it's still one of like the most consistent like and like best video game franchises like on planet earth right. so like I feel like when it comes to like stuff like that, it deserves like its own like stage to shine on and stuff. Yeah. Also, you know, Zelda's bigger now than it's ever been because of Breath of the Wild. So like maybe, you know, again, he said we're getting more Breath of the Wild 2 info later this year. Maybe that's the moment they're like, you know what? Skyward Sword, we don't like you said, we don't want to. First of all, we did that 10 years ago when the game came out. And second, we don't want it to be this kind of like if we're going to announce it early before everything else and people really want Breath of the Wild 2. And we're keeping those two things separate. Let's keep, let's make Breath of the Wild two the thirty fifth anniversary game. That's that would be sick. Um, the the only other thing I want to talk about with Zelda is that uh, just a quick aside is like, dude, at this point, obviously COVID is a big factor, but like Breath of the Wild two is taking almost as much time to develop now as the original game, and we we thought that it would take it would be quicker because it's reusing assets and they're building on top of a game that already exists. And like now because of COVID and maybe, I don't know, maybe in general, it would have just happened anyway. But like Breath of the Wild 2 is taking just as long. It's taking, it's going to be like almost five years after, you know, Breath of the Wild, if it comes out early next year or later this year, like it's going to be close to that. So damn, dude, like Metroid Prime 4, that was missing from this direct that people really wanted. Dude, like if Breath of the Wild 2 is taking this long, then a game that had to be restarted development and handed to a developer overseas and like changed that much metro prime 4 is never coming out dude like this game i don't even want to think about metro prime 4 anymore. i kind of i joked on uh kyle's stream is like the announcement for metro prime 4 would be a new like logo like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and uh use a new logo for you guys to look at <laughs> and also in that in that same vein um we also still didn't get any information on bayonetta 3 in this, right. uh, in this direct, and I saw a tweet like right before we started that said, in the time span between Bayo two, like in between Bayo two and Bayo three, we've gotten three Splatoon games. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> so Splatoon three is not out yet. That's perfect. But, that is. Um, but what I was gonna say <laughs> uh, before we get to the next thing is that there's also no Shin Megami Tensei five news. 
And, oh, yeah. That's right. And Shin Megami 3 Nocturne is supposed to come out on Switch in the U.S. Like, in the spring, which is, like, a month away. You know, so... Yeah. It's already out in Japan, you know, and it did re- relatively well. But it has a chance to you know, blow up here, especially considering Dante's in the game. <laughs> yeah. at, least uh-huh. they, at least they showed that somewhat recently. But yeah, you're right. Like, we thought we'd get more on that. Yeah, so there, there was like two things they could have said about it, like, and they just didn't. So who knows? Yeah, so Kyle mentioned the final game we're going to talk about. So they end the direct with uh, what looked like DLC for Splatoon 2 and turned out to be no. It's a full new Splatoon game, 100% new game. Um, and they, the opening shot is like, you know, you see an inkling in the desert and then you see like an Eiffel Tower that's upside down. and in. So just confirming this is Earth post-humans, which is really cool and kind of spooky considering the crazy year we've had. But anyway... Uh, I can't believe that this is real because like, first of all, no one was predicting this, right? Like everyone comes in with Breath of the Wild 2, Metro Prime 4, and then they announce Splatoon 3 coming out in 2022 and it's an all new game apparently. And the reason why I'm actually more surprised about this is because I thought Splatoon was going to be the type of series where they would have the Mario Kart or like the Smash Brothers approach where this game is still selling really, really well. And it's, the, it's very, very successful on the Switch, and it has a very big audience. And I figured that they wouldn't want to compete with themselves where they offer you know a sequel that that is inevitably for this style of game, like the multiplayer online shooter types. It's going to render the previous one obsolete because you, you're not going to, like as someone who loves Splatoon and 1 and 2, the campaign for Splatoon 2 is not so good that you like need to buy that game just for the campaign. So if all the players migrate to three, they're going to cannibalize their own sales a little bit. But I, I don't care. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm, I put over 100 hours into Splatoon 2. I love that game a lot. Uh, and I'm day one going to buy this game. Like, this is the best. This is one of the best series of all time. Like, I love Splatoon. So th- I just, like, yo, this came out of left field. And I'm definitely going to buy it. I'm surprised they're doing it. It looks sick. It looks interesting. The single player is, I think, what we saw there where she's in the desert waiting for the train. And this game is going to be hype. What do you guys think? Because I know you guys both haven't jumped into Splatoon yet, but Kyle, you can go first. Well, oh, to contrary, Glenn, I have played a bit of Splatoon 2 Let's and go. Splatoon 1. So Let's go. I think those games are a lot of fun. And as a commentator, I have like some friends that like cross streams into Splatoon. So I'm curious to get their takes on this. Um it, it it the game looks cool like i it, it, i agree it's strange that like nintendo is just gonna like go the route of releasing another splatoon game which is like i i because i'm with you glenn i thought this would just be like you know i i don't think we'd get three splatoon games you know since like 2013 or something like that which is odd i saw a really funny tweet where um like nintendo of america said it like uh like the the pop stars from the first game callie and marie uh, they're like, oh, the Callie Marie are in France. And then someone quote tweeted with the picture of the destroyed Eiffel Tower being like, what did they do? Oh, I, which, wow. I, which, I thought, which I thought was really funny. But I'm I, like, that's if that's the single player campaign, I'm definitely like interested to check it out. Um, Cause it, it, it looks because I think one of, one of our friends said it in, in the, in the call, but like, it looked like a roguelike sort of thing. Like mm. you're just like roaming around these like empty 
like this empty like desert area as like a homeless inkling which was which was interesting <laughs> um i think the buddies look cool i think that's fun anything that adds buddy systems is like yeah fun looks like you have a um, pet buddy buddy yeah. buddy 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 <laughs> i hate that um no i, I i'm excited i i love splatoon i'm definitely planning on picking this up and uh yeah i god 2022 feels like it's so far away, but I feel like I, I I'm gonna blink and it's gonna be like December already. So hey, so before I talk about that, I just want to see something that I saw on Twitter real quick from Koei Tecmo. Apparently, Ninja Gaiden's coming to everything, including Steam. So uh, <laughs> 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 I received my comment. Good thanks to Splatoon, jerk. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I haven't played it. I haven't played it since between one or two. I'm very interested in those games. I'm actually more interested in the single player than I am in the multiplayer. Um, and, and I saw it. I thought maybe this was going to be like a Splatoon spinoff. I was like, is this going to be like a Splatoon, Splatoon like adventure game? Because it was a really slow-paced, like, yeah, you know, like straight drawn-out trailer. And I was like, why is it so slow? Like, it's like it, like it's not the rhythm that's what tune usually goes for uh they eventually did go to that rhythm at the, towards the end of it when they're like doing the multiplayer aspect of it right so i was like i kind of just want them to make a game an adventure game you know but that's just towards my taste i guess yeah so one of the things i'll say about that is that um so the Splatoon 2 DLC, the Octo expansion, it was like a single player focused thing. And they it was way better than the campaign. And it was way better than the campaign in the first one. I would actually recommend you try that if you ever get into the into Splatoon. Um, because it, it, it feels like a single player game completely. And it's actually really, really fun. It feels like they hit their stride and figured out, oh, okay, this is how you make a single player experience for this style of game. Whereas the the, the campaign for 1 and 2 are a little bit more like you can tell they don't really know how to turn this multiplayer shooter team-based game into a single-player campaign. So the beginning of this, it looked a lot like a DLC thing. And um, the and like you said, I, I was like, wait, is this like a spinoff? Like, why is it so different and moody and stuff? So it definitely feels like the single-player might be more of the focus with this one. And it's going to be interesting because I really think that, like I said, the, the, the Splatoon 2 is so successful that... For them to justify another purchase of this game in this series and not just add to the second one, I feel like they have to have a lot of ideas. So I'm, I'm actually really excited about this because the Octo expansion had like a lot of weird ideas that they added to that series. And so this already looks super different. And like, dude, I can't, I didn't think I was going to see this. I didn't think it would ever happen. And like, I'm super, super excited about it. So, um, Splatoon 3, that's coming out 2022. So in the end, we're just going to wind down here by giving our overall general thoughts. 531 days later, Kyle, was this Nintendo Direct worth the wait for you? Uh, yes and no. It's weird because like um, I, I said at the beginning that like this Nintendo Direct feels like they're like skewing in a very different direction. Like you saw them focus a lot on like RPGs and like JRPGs and stuff like that, which is like not necessarily something that Nintendo has like embraced like super hard in the past, like at least not in like recent memory. So the things that were good that I'm excited about, I'm really excited about. 
but like there's a lot here where i'm just like yeah i don't know if this is necessarily for me or not so i think like i i said this in the last time i was on the podcast but like any nintendo direct is like a, even like a bad nintendo direct is still you can still like pick some goods out of it and there's definitely some like some winners here um so i'll say i'm about like lukewarm on like how i feel about this direct what general. do you think in terms of like what was is there one game that stands out to you out of everything that was here like one where you're like okay well i'm definitely going to be into that um probably skyward sword because i've never played it before so yeah like i understand some people are like really upset and like uh polarized that you know nintendo is selling this game at full price again um for a remake but like you know that that's a different conversation for a different day i'm excited for that uh i think mario golf looks cool and uh jury's out on how the new smash characters make me feel until they actually come out so i'll patiently await sakurai telling me about anime girls in his living room um for that one (laughs) what do you think hungry um in general i was never like oh come on like I i was never like uh too disappointed with it and but there was nothing really that excited me either like i wasn't like wowed about anything or even too surprised probably the most surprising thing was probably splatoon 3 which is a series that i have not got into yet you know right <laughs> but there was a lot of uh, in the middle stuff something i'm interested in something i'm not interested in but not necessarily repulsed by <laughs> you know i'm definitely gonna buy skyward sword hd not even just for myself but I like to get it, says my little sister on the Switch, and, you know, I could have her play that, and then uh, we could share that game. Yeah. And I'm interested in trying out Project Triangle. You know, got a little demo going on there. Uh, if if you guys all buy Fall Guys on Switch, <laughs> I'm probably going to buy it again. Oh, yeah, the that game's, too. That game's a lot I'm, of fun, you know? I'm game for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm definitely going to And the that. last thing that I'm kind of interested in that's switch specific <laughs> um is the famicom detective club uh oh, yeah. i heard those are actually pretty cool so even though they're remakes you know i still like to see how they turn out yeah i skipped over a couple there were more games that were in the direct that we didn't discuss here because like just out of time yeah you know? yeah like I, I if we go through the whole thing and you might as well just watch the direct so i just tried to pick out like the major ones but that definitely does look interesting Oh, and neon white. That looked cool too. Yeah, that's gonna be. I can't. I just need to see more of that. Like whenever yeah. that develops, a it's, little it's too. It's too early to exactly. say. Exactly. You could tell that it's early for that. Um, so overall, my thoughts on the direct were: I'm never one of those guys that's like super, super disappointed because, like, I I know that I know not to expect the moon. You know what I mean? Like, I just know not to go in there expecting things that could take forever to come out. Um, this one particularly, though, I mean, there were definitely some games there that I'm like, uh, obviously, Skyward Sword, like I said, seeing it in this direct made me want to play that and buy it. Um, there are a bunch of other little games that I'm, I'm interested in. I think it was a solid direct, even though I, I can't stand that character for Smash. Overall, it's like, it's solid. But then the thing that's actually disappointing about this was when I thought about it a little more. I'm a little disappointed by this direct, not because of what was in it or what wasn't in it. It's actually because of the implications that I realized of what this direct means. So here's what I mean. If you look at everything they announced, right? It's all stuff that's coming out in the summertime. Dude, the earliest game that was in this direct is coming out in June, right? So 
Then you have Splatoon 3, which like I'm excited about, but I'm 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 like hesitant to even get excited about it because it's dude, that's 2022. That's like as far as I'm concerned, that's a lifetime away. And like I don't want to think about that game too much while I'm waiting for games that were announced four years ago in the meantime. So I started to realize two things. Number one, COVID definitely messed them up a lot because the fact that we had a really dry 2020 with Nintendo's like first party games, and then we expected when they finally have a direct, they're going to, all these games that have been building up over the past few years, they're going to, you know, show us everything and it's going to be this big blowout. And this was definitely not a big blowout. Like the, their biggest game is a port of a 10 year old game. So that's one. Two, you know, everything that comes out in the summer and there's nothing in the spring and there's nothing for the rest of the winter. So if you think about it, you're just like, dude, the COVID definitely ruined their schedule. And maybe, maybe they were really carried in the early Switch life by how many Wii U games they were able to port. Because well, one thing I'll say yeah. is that, like, um, like I said earlier, specifically about Shimmy Game 5, that's supposed to come out this year, right? Maybe they're holding their guns until right when it's announced. Kind of like how Origami King came out, like, the trailer for it came out like really, really right before it came out. You know, yeah, right now that we know they're coming, they might just be saving it so that it's like we know you're expecting it. So we're just going to show you as little as possible until it's actually there. You know? Yeah, that, and that's definitely probably the better, that's probably the better approach at this point because you, again, like COVID probably ruined so much momentum that they can't announce something and not know when they're going to put it out. But all the games that got release date today. Literally, the third-party ones, they're all in June, dude. Like, we're in the beginning of the year in my mind. Like, we're in, in mid-February. So, for me, it's like, that's so long. Like, what are we going to play in well, the Well, there are games. There are, like, there's Octopath coming out, like, a week from now. No, no. Uh, right. You mean Bravely Default 2. Yeah. There's Sorry. Bravely Default yeah. 2, and there's there's Monster Hunter Rise. So Yeah. yeah. And there, we, there are games, yeah. you know. There are that games. Pokemon Snap. Oh yeah, I don't know when that's coming out. That's though, coming right? out in April, and then we also just got Mario 3D World. Yeah, so in May we're gonna get something paid probably. June there's games coming out. July's games coming out. You know, they're like they're trickle, but they're not huge hitters. You know, I'll say that much. You know. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, yeah. So it just makes me think like, damn, maybe maybe that Wii U failure that they were able to like turn into like Switch momentum. You know, we're starting to really feel the lack of that. Like they're they're running out of Wii U games. So I don't know. We'll see. But overall, like there are definitely games I'm excited about. And as the first direct in over 500 days, um, I think it's okay. I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't. Obviously, without Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime 4, it's it's hard for me to say that any direct from now until they show those games is going to be amazing. Because every single time now when they have a direct, especially after seeing Aonoma in this one, we're all going to be like, okay, finally, surely they can show us Breath of the Wild 2. So until they do that, they're going to have okay showings. I don't think anyone's going to be over the moon about anything until they show that. Um, I just want to see something new though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to see the next Zelda, you want to see the next Metro. It's like, we've gotten like over 10 of those games before, you know, it's like, yeah, I definitely want to see something new, you know. So Tune is their new hype right now. So Tune Three is coming out. You know, yeah. that's a new series for them. Like it's kind of like uh, weird to think about because of how easily it was adopted. But that yeah. is just a new series. Yeah, that series so is cool to think than, about. It's less than ten years old. It's it's younger as a series than Skyward Sword is. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of uh that's the Nintendo Direct. 
And thank you guys for coming on. There's a lot of stuff to get through. So I needed, I needed to, I needed the, the partners, bro. We needed the, the full squad for this one. So thank you, Kyle, Koopa, Rios. Is that the right thing to call you? Do you care if people call you Kyle? Do you, what do you want to be called, bro? <laughs> I actually talk about this in my own podcast plug. Um, but if, if it's like, if it's like a situation where it's like, it's like you guys that like you, you, like we've known each other like long enough where like you could use my real name and I don't care and you can call me Koopa and I will still respond because it's technically a, a nickname, but like, I, I, I don't care what you call me. Just don't call me later. <laughs> All right, so tell people where they can find you, and uh, you can give another handsome plug to your podcast. Certainly. So you can find me at Koopa NJ across platforms. Uh, that includes uh, Twitter and Twitch, and uh, I guess Instagram. If if you're into that sort of thing, I'm not, but you might be. Um, I also host a podcast, like I mentioned, which has had Glenn on it. One of my more popular episodes. Episode number two, baby. No, so. Uh, you can check that out at uh, it's called uh, Cooped Up. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Cooped Up Pod, and uh, you know, follow we're, or on Spotify, uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your your podcasts and stuff like that. So check me out there, Kyle. One last thing: be honest. You were upset that it wasn't Eggman. You wanted to hear Sonic music today <laughs> in that direct. Be honest. I did because I think Sonic deserves another rep in Smash, but like I, I had no basis to go on the fact it was going to be Doctor Eggman. There's no way that was going to happen. So also joining us, of course, the illustrious, our hungry. Please tell the people where they can find you. Uh, don't look for me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Please look out my stuff. It's uh, it means a lot to me that people even watch it at all. So any kind of uh, viewership or feedback that I get is really really appreciated. You can go to youtube.com forward slash rhungry. That's where uh, my main focus is, even though it's kind of like a slower thing. You know, I don't do it all the time, but I want to make sure everything is right. Something should be coming this month that might be the biggest thing I do uh, so far. So uh, definitely be excited for that. I don't want to say what it is just because the surprise is a lot of fun for me. And I hope it's fun for everybody else. Um, I'm also it's on Twitter. This video. What? It's an Among Us video. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, twitter.com forward slash mf underscore hungry. Awesome. Dude, this was uh, this is fun. The first TriCast on the show. And uh, I, I could only think of a hundred other people that would be better than you two. But I'm happy to have you guys in <laughs>